Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends. First up, my bitter rival, Matthew Gatos. <laughs> I forgot we established that lore. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Hi. this is a heavy lore show. Like, we, <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we go deep into story. They're seasonal arcs. Oh, no. Yeah. Have you not been keeping up? <laughs> no. I'm just, a, I'm just a pawn in your game here, Nick. Oh, I've got it all planned out. You won't know anything until season 12. <laughs> then... It all comes out. Also, a uh, recurring guest on the show, Bill Mead. Hi, everybody. And uh, first time guest, but no stranger to the bad movies, Julia Mays, who works for VidCon. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Julia. Hello. Uh, I do work for VidCon, so I'm in the same building as these fools, um, but I don't actually work with any of them. <laughs> um, and as Nick alluded, I am a longtime fan of bad movies that are actually fun to watch um, and produce the Fecal Film Fest that's here in town that you guys have discussed on the podcast before. Sam and Rachel participate as well. Um, So yeah, that's one of my projects that I do outside of work. Excellent. Last year was my first time going and it was my first time getting to actually see Cool as Ice. Which uh, still was a like journey in my top five all time fecal film fest movies. It's and a, it's a I weird was going to talk about it in relation to this movie anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I all I'll say about it is I was not expecting it to be as fun as it was. Yeah, that movie rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I've never seen it. Um, I feel like we should just do it for this podcast. No, we then. should at some point. It's um, it's it's a hell of an experience. Uh, and it is also a sort of kind of music thing because Vanilla Ice is in it. And we are talking <laughs> He's about sort of kind of music. <laughs> He's sort of kind of music. He went on. He went heavy metal after rap. Yeah. Like he did this weird metal rap fusion thing before that was actually a thing. Bleh. He's ahead of it's his not, time. It's still not really a thing. No, so. it had, you yeah. know. It had that moment. Uh, junior high Matt would like to disagree with <laughs> you, Bill. <laughs> it was a thing, Bill. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are starting off our October spooktacular with Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Or as it's called in the European version, which was the version we watched, um, Attack of the Phantoms. Yeah. Which happened before Attack of the Clones. This is not like a relabeling of history. This George is, Lucas ripped off Kiss is what we're here to say. I don't know which one is worse. I actually think Attack of the Clones is a worse film. Whoa. I would rather Whoa. watch this. Oh my God. I, I would I would rather watch this than Attack of the Clones because at least with this I had a dumb smile on my face for most of it. Fair. Like, All I, right. It was it was fun. Oh my and God. Would you rather if you had the choice to watch this or Attack of the Clones? Would you would any of you really choose to yes. watch Attack Really? Yeah. I actually would. But this goes into Really? Something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Bill was just on Matt's podcast, I love it, talking about Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. yeah. We talked about Star Wars for like an hour and a half yesterday, so it's all fresh in our minds, but I I still agree with the I would rather watch uh, Attack of the Clones than this. Just Julia I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen Attack of the Clones that I can't remember in particular why I disliked it. 
I almost feel like this should be a regular question from now on. <laughs> would yeah. you rather would you... watch this or Attack of the Clones? <laughs> I feel like that might be my new rating system. <laughs> That's fair. The, what Star Wars movie is it? Oh, yeah. Oh. There you go. Oh. You're welcome. I, I might try that. Anyway. Um, yeah, we're talking about the 1978 made-for-TV film, Kiss God Meets bless. the Phantom of the Park. It stars, of course, the band, Kiss. If you're unfamiliar with Kiss, I can't tell you too much, except they were a rock band in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s who started out wearing outlandish makeup um, to set themselves apart. It was a good time for that. Like, the glam rock thing was just starting, and they were, um, yeah, they were really (laughs) glammy. Uh, they're the ones with the, the face paint. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones with. Yeah. The, but there were a lot of bands like Motley Crue had face paint when they first started. There were there were a few bands out there that weren't, you know, just um, like weren't just using like effeminate makeup. Gotcha. Um, but even Twisted Sister had sort of like war paint style. You've probably seen Kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, but, but, the, the long tongue with the demon guy and they got white and black face paint. Yeah. That's, yeah. But that your dad is a likes them. Question that I actually wanted to ask you guys. Is anyone here a big Kiss fan? I would Just say... Just so I know what, what we're working I, with. I'm not a fan of Kiss, but I know a lot about them. Okay. Because my f- I had a really good friend in high school who was a big Kiss fan. And I would say that I like some of their songs. Um, and Like, unironically, like, I think a few of their songs are pretty good. And uh, I, I kind of am fascinated by their whole story. Yes. <laughs> like, it's a... Okay. But I, I'm not a fan. Like, I I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a fan in any way other than, like, I know who they are and I know their discography because my friend knew the discography. Keith, if you're listening, <laughs> this is what your love of Kiss has amounted to for me. <laughs> this um, and he showed me this film. Not much. Me <laughs> 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 making fun of this thing you hold dear. Yeah. Um, Buckle up, well, Keith. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, but, the you know, it, it's... Uh, uh, he showed me this film on VHS. Uh, it was like a recording of a recording of a recording. <laughs> and the American version is a little bit different, which we'll talk about. Bill, you had some notes on yes. that. And uh, I also just re- remember having watched it. Yeah. The film is not available for commercial purchase in the U.S. Um, I thought I was buying a legitimate um, version of this film from Europe. And it's pretty obviously a bootleg. Yeah. Um, it's a good copy though. Like it looks good. Like it's a good, it's been cleaned up. It looks mm-hmm. like, you know, but at the same time I got it and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's not, yeah, that's the, not legal. The label on the disc <laughs> is clearly printed out and stuck on. Yeah. 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 It's so, uh, regardless of that though, before we get too far into our discussion, we have to do a 60 second plot dump. And, uh, Julia, I'm going to give this to you as our first, as your first time on the show. So you have 60 seconds <laughs> to tell us th- the plot in quotes plot of kiss meets the phantom oh, no. of the park. Okay. You ready? <laughs> yeah. As you're going to be in three, two, one. Okay. Uh, it's set in a carnival in California or uh, an amusement park, I should say. And it opens on a young couple, probably in their 20s. Um, At a certain point, the young man in the couple says, I need to go to work. Um, And so he goes off to work. And it turns out that he works for the lead robot attraction manufacturer for the park, Abner Devro, who is frustrated with the park producer who has brought Kiss in to play for three nights at the at the park. And then more tension builds. Abner is told that he has to retire because he's messing with all of the 
attractions too much. And Sam, the dude from the couple, turns out to have been under mind control. Kiss plays a show, saves Sam and the day after a bunch of stage fights, including with themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty... <laughs> I really like this shift when you had the 10 seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> Save the day <laughs> and themselves. <laughs> Sam and... You're everyone's... not wrong, though. Yeah. I would say the only little bit that I would add to that is that Abner Devereaux makes robot clones of everybody, and I'm not sure where the robot clones begin and mind control ends. Yeah. I, I think there's only the one mind control. My interpretation of this was that he was, like, turning humans into androids. That's what I thought, too. And but then, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that there are fully animatronic versions yeah. that he makes from whole cloth. Yeah. And then there are some people that are like Sam, who's a human person who just has a thing in his neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think you're right. I think that there's a little bit of like a gray area where some people have been I think, partially mechanized. I think we the have three to hoodlums. Up, yeah. Yes. That's what I want to say. We had to bring up sort of his bond with the machines was in the beginning of the movie, there's three hooligans. Mm-hmm. Chopper, Slime, and some other dumb name. Dirty what? D. Dirty D. I Dirty think. D, sure. I think. I, by the way, I did not retain a lot of character They keep calling them kids, but they're all in their 40s. Yeah, that one dude definitely old. was mostly bald. And yeah. like the big old yeah. beard. Like. Yeah, and they're like, oh, the rotten kids. Well, they after like five minutes of stock park footage uh-huh. these three magic mountain come, we need magic, to say it is it's actually magi- it's yeah. magic mountain these three hooligans come in they're like oh let's cut in this line no let's not cut in this line let's go tease and i thought it was supposed to be a real ape or monkey at first no i mean not real <laughs> i know it wasn't it was someone in a suit but i thought oh this is real this park is terrible oh it's a robot that's ta- okay yeah either way these these ruffians <laughs> get up and start teasing the robot monkey and we are introduced to Abner Devro going like, I work very hard on this. Don't it leave him alone. It costs $30,000. And, and the, played the by other, the great Anthony Zerby. He did great. Uh, he was very good in here, but he's a, he's classic seventies television movie actor, character actor, still around, still doing stuff. That's good to hear. He um, definitely committed to the, the part. He's yeah. a very good actor. Yeah. He's like, the film's anchor. He's <laughs> he's who you hire when you need somebody professional. Yeah. And this movie needed some professionals. And yeah. in particular, a bad guy. I think like his the the way he looks really lends itself to be a villain. Yeah. He has yeah. these like magnificent eyebrows yep. that are oh, unlike great. anything I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and he's sort of like scrawny and weird and with kind yeah. of a British accent, well, sort that, of that, that theater accent, yeah, that right pitch. It was so good, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Anthony Zerby. Uh, we'll probably talk about him a little bit more as we go. But yes, continue the oh, ruffians. So the ruffians. Uh, the other guy who runs the park, who I never learned the name of, uh, the schlubby guy. The schlubby yeah. guy who's like, you guys, you you will get kicked out of here if you keep acting like that. Then he leaves them alone. Yeah, that guy did that a few times in this movie where mm-hmm. he gets mad and then leaves. That's, <laughs> Nothing I, is done. I will say, though, I think that's everyone's first reaction in this movie is they get upset and then leave. Oh, I think you're right. There's a <laughs> lot of we're going to do this and they try and then they leave. Well, even um, uh, what is her name? Melissa, who is the we, main? We determine. So the, the lead woman, Sam's girlfriend or fiance, fiance. Melissa. <clears throat> I was talking to Matt yesterday. I thought it was Catherine. 
<laughs> There's, they they say her name maybe once in the movie. They I actually went back and looked after we had this conversation. They don't say her name for the first time until over an hour into oh the movie, and then they and then they say it once other one other time after that. And her and name is the, Melissa. Not she's the Catherine. first person you see like in the movie and is those two. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, I, I would argue that Kiss is not the main character. I'd agree. In, I would in agree. this movie, even though they're the quote unquote heroes, I think Melissa is the main character because mm-hmm. she's like whose arc we're following. Mm-hmm. But why the hell do we not know her name? <laughs> but because she just keeps coming on screen going, Sam, Sam. And so no one's yelling for her. Yeah. I, I can't make it any like Kiss doesn't appear in the movie for a about an hour. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, well, I really, uh, I think it's maybe like 30, 40 minutes, but not, it is. Not counting the opening music. Right. Oh, sorry, yeah, the opening, they But do, it's long enough credits. where you're like, but where's Kiss? Mm-hmm. Like, you see lots of Kiss fans who are excited about this upcoming concert wearing makeup and buying tickets and stuff, but you don't see Kiss, and it just, I was waiting to be like, are they going to be in just like the last scene? Is that it? That's, That's it. what I thought. It, it, this is all leading to a live concert at the end. It kind of was. I mean, it kind of, yeah, that's true. They play like three full songs in this movie. But no, they they have to be superheroes. Because this yeah. was sort of inspired by uh, a comic run, a comic book run, where during the day they were rock stars and at night they were superheroes. But it's done so poorly in this movie <laughs> because... All we see is the the plot we've talked about of Devereaux turning people into robots or yes. mind-controlling mm-hmm. people, whatever he's doing. I think all of those. Uh, and at one point, Melissa, her name is, uh, <laughs> like runs through the crowd. McCatherine. Gets through, gets through <laughs> security incredibly easy. That uh, happens a lot. Yeah, she like breaks through the same gate like eight times to yeah. be like, well, help did, me. Did you see their security, though? I mean, but they Brian also Brian James, like, character actor Brian James, who's in Blade Runner and in Enemy Mine and in Tango and Cash and is just a great character actor just playing the dumbest guy, the <laughs> well, most they, wide-eyed <gasps> guy <laughs> you've ever seen. Like, that's their security. And so it's pretty easy for her to have a little instamatic camera and be like, I'm press and walk in. <laughs> past the gate well and then she appears to be in distress so that's when like the band is comes to help her and like answer questions and Paul Stanley like uses his like x-ray vision hearing thing yeah can we pause and unpack this for a second yes because it comes completely out of the blue yes just it's been a normal somewhat normal movie you have a bad guy happening but nothing supernatural yet not at all and there's no lead up to it whatsoever but like suddenly Kiss has a superhero powers. And yep. they're all like, is it who's the one who's Star Child? That's that, Paul Stanley, Paul the lead Stanley singer. Shoots a a laser beam out of his eye. Dotted laser. Pew, 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 and yeah. it has a number of properties. Uh, <laughs> it can either like listen to a conversation that's far away mm-hmm. or it can uh he can walk Stop down. people in its tracks. Yeah. Kind of have mind control. A little bit of mind control. He can make he can stairs also, for someone to walk on. He can oh, also yeah, that, undo the mind control of somebody else. <laughs> yes. But like that, they eventually you learn that it sort of ha- it has something to do with their quote unquote talismans, which are mm-hmm. these little, these little Medallions. like trinkets. Yeah. yeah. That are in a 
I like case. trinkets better. Yeah. Um, and so each member of KISS has their own talisman, a little symbol. Um, and without the talisman, they say they would be just regular people. <laughs> yeah. No, ordinary. We would just be ordinary people. And then Gene Simmons says, not exactly ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. We you get can't it, twist Kiss. the twist, Gene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, but you're already not ordinary. Yeah. So what if we take it away from you, what do you become? Let us see that movie. Okay. So before we got, I want to make sure everybody, because it's this movie's hard to find. So you're probably not, they're not going to be a lot of people listening who've seen it. No. Um, yeah. But so. I, it's on Vimeo though. Is it really? Yeah. yeah that's oh. actually, I ended up rewatching it. That's where I got the music confusion. Uh, huh. So si- sidebar, uh, the DVD, the European version, mm-hmm. uh, there are some fight scenes in it where Kiss fights robots yeah and because paul stanley says they're robots (laughs) (laughs) but they're like they they're like a wolf cat ape thing well because he's like yipes apes Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Uh, but they don't really look like apes by the way we've already said 50 percent of kisses dialogue yeah but uh there's a european version where during these fight scenes they play kiss music Mm -hmm. the american version they play this, I thought, awesome fuck music. Or like the... I was ready. I was Like pumped. 70s fight scene music. Yeah. yeah. Should be. Yeah. I I I I remembered the Waka Chawaka music. Yeah. <laughs> but I was... So I was delighted when I watched it this time and I yeah. got Kiss music. And there yeah. is actually... It's weird, too. The timing on this is a little bit weird. I'm kind of... We're kind of fragmenting this a little bit, but... Uh, so they've got some Kiss tunes, but they've also got some Ace Freely tunes in there, who's their guitar player. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, like New York Groove, um, which is a cover of another song, but that was his big hit in 78 or 79 um, when he when they all did their solo albums. So I think it has music from all of their solo careers. That oh. doesn't surprise me. It definitely has something from Gene Simmons solo, Paul Stanley solo, Ace Freely stole, solo. And then a couple other Kiss albums. So, okay. Peter yeah. Chris, sorry. Sorry, Peter Chris. Oh, no, there is one. Oh, oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're back, welcome. Peter Chris. Mm-hmm. That um, feels like a, uh, a contractual fight of just like, well, yeah. well if this... we're going to have one of your songs, we're going to have one of my songs. Yeah. I don't this... know if he put that hard of a fight up. No. So what happened was during the making of this is when the band was really starting to fall apart. Um, the Ace Freely and Peter Chris specifically. So Peter Chris is a drummer. Ace Freely is a guitar player. And. And they Ace Freely was going through a really tough time with alcoholism at this point. And you'll notice if you watch closely, a lot of the scenes aren't actually him. They're his stunt double who is black and his face was painted to look like Ace Freely and they gave him a bad wig. I didn't notice once. Oh. I did not either. I, I mean, <laughs> are we bad friends? <laughs> of Ace Freely? Yeah. I mean, we might be bad Ace Freely friends. Um, but he, so he was really struggling with alcoholism. So a lot of times he would just like walk off set, just be in the middle of something and you just walk off. Um, they Peter, couldn't even like have been there that long. Their no. role in this movie is like 10 minutes of the movie. And like, apparently they didn't even have a script so they would show up people would tell them their lines mm-hmm. they would deliver their lines and then they would leave um but peter chris got a lot of shit for he has kind of a raspy voice which if you listen to beth with him singing beth you can hear that beth i hear you call it you know <laughs> um and he didn't come back to do his adr so that's an like a, a hanna-barbera actor 
really um, doing his voice yeah so oh, i'm i'm a bad ace freely friend too no 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 ace freely is his voice peter oh. chris but then i'm a i'm just a terrible kiss friend in general I, that's impossible <laughs> um so you know there, there's a whole mess here so when my point was when this wrapped in order to keep the band together the manager i think their manager at the time suggested everybody go do your own solo thing mm. you'll still release it as your character from kiss because like ace freely's a spaceman or space ace and then there's well he's the star child or something like no, that, no that's paul it? stanley oh of Paul's, course because he has a big star on his face that makes sense okay <laughs> what uh, is ace freely's then space ace Okay. It's not a great name. No, no Star Child not. is way better. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but then, and then uh, Peter Chris is Catman, and uh, then Gene Simmons is the demon, of course. And I will say this Gene Simmons is the only one of those four who puts in anything close to an actual performance. Yes. He is helped by post production quite a bit. He was helped. I, th- I thought the double voice was a nice yeah. assist. Yeah, like but I think he they, also. I think, and maybe this is just a, a quality that they have for their stage performances, but he put a lot of effort into, like, he walks really, yeah, like, yeah. in a creepy way. And, you know, that is probably are also helped by his giant, crazy boots that he's <laughs> wearing big platform uh, that go shoes. all the can, way up to I, his hips. Can I ask but, you something? Yes. When does he have a crazy walk in the movie? Oh, the pool scene. Like, every time he's well, I, walking. I want to talk about the pool scene. The well, pool hold scene on. Much, so. We'll come back okay. to the pool scene. The pool scene's amazing. <laughs> I have things to say uh, that's fair <laughs> I, we're not done talking about gene simmons okay because like of the four of them gene simmons is the only one that had that went on to do more acting and he's actually quite good in things so he was in a michael crichton film called runaway with tom Selleck. he is in runaway yeah and he's i mean he's campy but he's not bad he's not wearing the makeup is he no no no. okay he's just gene simmons he's just an actor he's playing a part he is acting and so that's why i kind of i don't know i was watching him in this one maybe it's because i know that he does more stuff but he just seemed more like acting like he was actually trying does, does he appear in movies without robots that go crazy oh hey that's a good question yeah um <laughs> the uh, name three <laughs> yeah well okay uh there's trick-or-treat where he plays a radio dj okay um it's a it's a supernatural horror movie uh, no robots no robots all right but there is a demon uh, then he's in the John Stamos movie uh, Never Too Young to Die. <laughs> I am so delighted by the fact that the, just the name John Stamos. <laughs> well, no, makes the John laugh. Stamos movie. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen one of those. <laughs> it's John Stamos and Vanity. Uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, one of uh, was a, a prince protege, I think. Okay, Fifth member of Kiss. Uh, anyway, uh, so he was in that, uh, and that had no robots that I'm aware of, although I have not seen it. I've just seen things about it. Um, and then and he played the main villain there. He does a lot of villain work, but yeah, so he's, you know, okay. but he's done stuff. And I just feel like he, I mean, Paul Stanley is in this and he is terrible. He mm-hmm. is the worst. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> like each line is delivered flatly. Uh, in that signature Paul Stanley voice that it Got a little just, bit of a lisp a little bit of a lisp yeah. and also a little higher pitch than you mm-hmm. expect uh, and he purses his lips at the end of every line as yeah. well yeah and I yep. think it's very much a performance mm-hmm. like I think Paul Stanley himself doesn't just generally talk that way so it comes off as he's trying real hard and not succeeding at all <laughs> no I, I agree with that it just and he's I think has more lines than any of the other members. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. He actually gets full sentences. <laughs> yeah. The rest of them just kind of spout off little one or two words at a time. Some of them just make sounds. Ace Freely for some <laughs> yeah. goddamn reason. Oh, yeah, but okay. I think 
Paul Stanley is like the straight man. Yes. For yeah. for them. Yeah. Cause, well, yeah, because one is like literally a demon, breathes fire, walks around and growls and talks in a double voice. I guess Peter Chris doesn't really do much of anything. He doesn't do anything. No, he pokes fun. He does. He's the one that's like, yeah, Gene's brother's an only child. Which, what is that? Mean. It's a joke. No. Just, well, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's just a joke. Because then Paul Stanley says, hey, man, they're serious. Yeah. Right, but what's the joke is what I'm saying. I think, I think well, the joke is, if you are if you have a brother and I say your brother's an only child, that means you don't exist. I. It's not a good joke, Matthew. Okay. Gene Simmons isn't real. Ha ha. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Look, that's all they were looking for. You're going to laugh on the drive home. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've, we have established that really they're all terrible. It's, Gene Simmons has more of Sorry, a character. Keith, if you're listening, Gene your Simmons sucks. has more of a, of a character to play because mm-hmm. he's got the whole demon thing going on. Mm-hmm. And, and he, yeah, he's got the platform shoes that are ridiculous. Well, and he's just he sort of like hunches around when he's moving and yeah. he does a lot of like um, over the top actions with when he's wearing those cl- that cloak and. Well, and he's even in their live show, like he's the one that, you know, spits fire and spits blood. And so like he's he's used to being very theatrical in their shows. So whereas, you know, Peter Chris is behind a drum set the whole time and Ace Frehley is working on not passing out all the time. There's there's a few things in this movie that I feel like I missed something beforehand, especially the ending. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to the ending because the ending is goddamn confusing. I also don't (laughs) think that's I think it's solely the movie's fault. Oh, I 100 percent agree with that. Yeah, the movie (laughs) had some problems, but. Let's talk about the pool scene. <laughs> so, I guess... Bill, lay it out for us, man. So, Devereaux, I, we, we haven't really talked about much about the plot, and I think that's okay. Uh, There's not a lot. Well, we okay, we yeah. covered it. His, his buddy slash other park owner friend lets him go, yeah. but in a nice way. He's like, you should go travel and go be happy. Oh, actually... We need to talk about that because there's a thing that happens maybe three times in this movie, maybe four, where a character gets a walking montage. Mm. And oh, yeah. I think the first one. a beautiful moment. The first one is when <laughs> Melissa like realizes Sam isn't around or is yeah. missing and she just like kind of walks around and there's like a love song playing in the background and she looks very sad. And at this point, we haven't even spent that much time with her. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're supposed to care about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next one is Devereaux gets fired uh, yep. and then walks out like but Un- under a roller coaster. Under a roller coaster. <laughs> like very casually, like through the support beams of a roller coaster, also with some sad music playing. I think a love ballad. I did. Yeah. I did write down the, their exchange, their... Uh, when he's letting Devro go, Devro goes, I've made you millions. You've made millions, too. It's not about money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, buddy. Okay. Let's talk about my robots. Yeah. He um, also, okay, I need to say two more things before we get to the pool scene about when <laughs> uh, Abner gets effectively fired. One is, is this where Westworld got its inspiration? Because <laughs> Which came first? Westworld came first. The TV show, Westworld came No, 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 no. The no. old... The old movie. Westworld. The old movie, yes. I think. I'm going to check that. Hold so, on. So but you, you keep going. Like, warning to y'all out there, um, you can't force a park designer to retire because he's going to take all the data with him. <laughs> he's going to burn it all down. If you have an evil genius behind the design of an amusement park, just be freaking careful with them. 
Maybe don't hire an evil genius. Well, I, don't you hire, start there. But... Hire an, 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 a normal, relatively intelligent person. <laughs> okay, hire, your hire a normal genius. Be shitty then, but, but you know what? I was gonna say you wouldn't have thirty thousand dollar cool apes. Exactly. You're gonna have ten thousand dollar dumb apes. Yeah, but you, <laughs> how many people aren't gonna be dead and turned into robots? Probably less than three. But really cool robots. I mean, they are cool. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, so the thing is that every robot in that amusement park was formerly a person. I don't know. I don't think so. That was my interpretation because they all are played by humans. Well, except for the. Well, that's true because, like, even the ape. Yeah, you can yeah. tell. There's like under. You can see the eyes under yeah. the ape mask. The feet They're shuffle. All definitely I think. I don't want to look too much into the fact that they didn't have a budget. Yeah, that was a... And I think that was more... I don't see, think it was I, necessarily I a interpret it as that, like, he has been turning people into robots and using mm-hmm. them to make his park seem super cool. He's like, I'm the best robot maker in the world. Look how realistic this is. Touch its flesh. Okay, but <laughs> you're giving the, the the movie more credit than the, the movie has actually... I don't actually... think so. I th- I th- I'm with Nick on this one. Like, that didn't trigger for me know. at all. I thought it was just, that oh, was it the must only be cheaper to hire people than it is to build robots, and that's why they did it this way. Yeah. See, my only interpretation of watching him as, like, being this evil genius was he's figured out how to turn humans into, like, uh, robotic slaves, and he's used them to make a park. Well, no, because he says, I'm on the brink of something at the beginning. He ha- he actually hasn't really done it yet. Yeah, I don't know. Westworld came know. out in 1973, so that was okay. five years before this. Okay. So Westworld inspired this, probably. Okay. Probably. Well, Maybe. my warning stands if you're <laughs> in the market to hire a new park developer. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, what caused that physical reaction from Abner when he was having this conversation with the park owner? Like, do you guys do you guys remember this weird half faint he did? Yeah, oh, he yeah. Like wobbles a little bit. And yeah. the guy has to catch him. And he has to catch him. And he says, "You will regret this day." And then he goes and he walks and leaves uh, to go visit the roller coaster undercarriage. <laughs> he has to say goodbye. I, yeah. I also watched this two times. Um, and I this I didn't notice that. I must have looked down or something just as that happened the first time. Because when I saw it this time, I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what happened? And then never mention it again. No. Was it supposed to be he's so angry or he's so upset that he just fainted? Just like for a half of a second? Yeah. Did he have a stroke? Know. Like what? I don't know what happened. Was that an actor choice? It must have been. Unless It'd be very the, dramatic if I wobble. It, at Anthony this Zerby just almost fainted and they just, no, keep rolling. Keep I mean, rolling. someone had to make decisions for this movie. I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, that's true. You don't you take it back. So the pool scene, Bill. <laughs> okay, so uh, Devro uh, eventually makes a Gene Simmons robot who beats up some of the cops slash security Yes. Whatever they are. Perhaps a uh, a drink stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he, he he just walks through the drink stand. Yeah. That yeah. stand. And he Kool Aid mans a wall. Yeah. And so the the cops slash security guys get the schlubby other park owner to confront them at a pool. Now everyone in the band is standing in a lifeguard chair. Nope. Three people. Three people, thank you. Three of the four. Three of the four are standing in the chairs wearing silvery robes. And the cops come and accuse Gene of beating them up. And as who does who shows up? Who, who shows up? Who, who then makes shows a up, grand entrance? Because his foot just comes in front of the camera. It's, 
It's yes. very scary. We see his boot. He's doing acting. Yeah. yeah. And he walks up into his chair, and then the cops and the schlubby guy have their own talk. But uh, Star Child. Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley has a laser eye moment where <laughs> mm-hmm. he watches what they say. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, Gene Simmons gives him a towel and everything. He's very polite, by the way, <laughs> for a demon. There's a lot of, like, you don't have to thank us, and here's your towel. <laughs> okay, I thought you were talking about the other pool scene. There's, There's another, another pool scene? Yeah, when Beth is playing. Oh, oh that is also yeah. poolside. I didn't know that was poolside. Yeah, yeah. that one's super weird, too. But, I, like, I have one more comment about this pool scene. Yes, and then we yes let's finish with this scene. pool scene, because I also um, have a comment. But it, yeah, that is one of the more frustrating scenes for me in this Mm -hmm. movie because the bad guy, we see he is capable of creating robots that look like people Mm -hmm. that are in this movie and that are going to, like, confuse people and think, oh, my God, kisses are the bad guys. Like, they're the ones who are out to get us. And so they go to confront them and call them out on this, and literally nothing happens because of it. They just decide, like, well, they're going to make us a lot of money by playing these shows, so let's just... Do nothing. But that would be something. That If it was just that, mm-hmm. that would be something. Because then something would have happened. But because of his eavesdropping eye lasers, <laughs> he knows that... <laughs> the, the mind your own business lasers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, be, because he knows this, he tells everyone, oh, they're still going to do an investigation. They think it's us, but they just want us there to keep the money. But, but then they don't react. Kiss should have walked at that point. Yeah. They should have been like, you're accusing us of a crime we didn't commit. You're just letting it slide because you want to make a bunch of money off of us. So actually, screw you. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just just head out. But they didn't. No. No, they just sit there in their really tall chairs. And then give the guy <laughs> yeah. a towel. Yeah. Because that's he, afterwards. Just plain sweating. Yeah. Sweating. I don't know. Yeah. That guy's sweating bullets. He's just plain sweating. Why are they by a pool, though? Because they're not swimming. If you're <laughs> not swimming and you're not tanning, what are you doing by a pool? Uh, some people like the smell of chlorine. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that it's an outdoor back. space. Yeah. It looks like they're doing everything to make sure they don't get any sunlight, but they're out in <laughs> they the have sunlight. Reflective silver cloaks. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It looked uncomfortable. My only other note about that pool scene is the American version is different than the European version. What? Hell yes. What's different? <laughs> How? <laughs> There's just one moment. Now, Bill, if you wait, whoever I did. Bill you saw both. the Okay, you saw the American one. Um it's a subtle thing. Well, it's not subtle. It's a small thing that they cut, but as uh Gene is climbing up the ladder, to get onto his chair, one of the cops goes, now, wait a minute. And Gene turns around and growls at him. Good. And then gets into his chair. So there's no growl in ours. There's no growl in ours. Yeah. Oh, it's a shame. Yeah. yeah. But it was weird because he's like, you know, I didn't do any of this violent thing. Grawr! I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not a good argument. for your No. Case. And yeah. I don't know. But I don't know why that was cut. Like, what? Why in the European version, that's not the... Anyway, it's just bizarre. So there is a second pool scene that (laughs) I didn't know was a pool scene, but apparently it is. So Melissa, the gal in the couple, has been searching for Sam, and she's very frustrated because she can't find him, and and she goes to Abner for help because Mm -hmm. she knows that Sam works for Abner, and he's no help to her. He's really a dick to her. He's a huge dick to her. Um, And then... uh, she meets Kiss and sort of like connects with them in weird <laughs> talismany Paul Stanley <laughs> Star Child ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
is told that she has to leave the park because it's closed. And she's like, okay, cool. Well, I'll come back tomorrow. I'm not going to stop looking for Sam. But doesn't go home. (laughs) She goes to Kiss's hotel room with them and or mansion that they've rented yeah, yeah they're it's like unclear. giant fancy airbnb <laughs> and so they're all sitting around her on this bench poolside it is in fact poolside sitting around her on a bench singing beth to her this scene made me hugely uncomfortable for her yeah and then and she sort of is just like walking around generally forlorn and this is her monologue without any words i guess um and then it's a nonologue <laughs> yes that is exactly what that is and then they they all go back into the like living room of the space and that's where she learns about the talisman and, mm. and whatever else but um well it's confusing though because yes. we may or may not have heard her name yet but they're singing the song Beth to her. We have not heard her name at this point. Okay. Oh, good. So yep. this makes more sense why it's very confusing. It was like, oh, her name is Beth. Because yep. if you don't know Kiss or their, you know, discology, yeah. then you don't know that that, no, that's a classic Kiss song, mm-hmm. Beth. But in here, instead, you're like, oh, her name must be Beth. It's, yeah. I hate that scene. Like, don't do <laughs> it. No, I, it's <laughs> also a very hard cut yeah. to the shot of them all just sitting there and they have a, like, they have a guitar and she's just sitting looking sad and you're like, what is about to happen? Yeah. And they start like messing around on the guitar and play Beth. And yeah, I thought the same thing of like, I knew the song Beth existed. So I was just like, oh, they must have named the character Beth to make it like, <laughs> right. like a lot of musicals, yeah. a lot of musicals that take across the universe. Bands, yeah. They yeah. Name the name. characters, the things from the song so that you have a nice narrative. They weren't that smart in this no. movie. And we're just like, well, no, we needed a different name for her. Well, Melissa. It's weird because Beth is a love song. It's specifically a, a breakup song. I mean, there's a lot of points in this whenever they needed a slow song for like Abner being fired or yeah. her being sad about Sam being, it's like. The, the only slow songs they had were love ballads. And so they don't actually fit the tone of the scene. It's just all they had. Yeah, uh, it's it's true. Um, it's also weird because like it's a. It's really weird because the song requires a guitar player and a singer. And they can't do both. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> well, because the singer is their drummer. For this one, well, the drummer is the person who's singing, and then Paul Stanley is playing guitar. What? It's weird that Ace and Gene are just standing there. Yeah, and, well, and Gene close. especially like there are a couple a couple times just like looks away. Yeah, yeah, like he's just standing there and just like looks off. They don't have anything room. to do. They have no. nothing to do. They don't even like, give him a box to play or anything. Yeah, and this is not their fault. Like this is the whoever put this together didn't. You know, think about the fact that, like, well, we got two members of the band who aren't doing it. <laughs> Give one of them a tambourine. I don't know. Just yeah. something. Because, yeah, it made it very uncomfortable for her. Because then it feels like we're just all watching her. Well, the first thing she does is get up and walks away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so it's I, like after the demon, Gene Simmons, looks down at her, it's like her signal to get up and walk away. Oh, my God. It was weird. That's man. weird. Man. I also, for, for a second in that scene, I was like, are they actually there? Like, <laughs> are they just like are dream they, kiss? Yeah. Are they her guardian angels now? <laughs> yeah. 
it's hard to tell with this movie because it's a made for TV movie. This, this aired on NBC. I sent you guys all the original bumper that mm. uh, played in front of it, but it was an NBC movie of the week or something like that. I think ABC had movie of the week, but this is whatever that equivalent was of in on NBC. Uh, it was pitched to them as uh, like hard day's night meets star Wars. <laughs> basically <laughs> Which it. sounds rad. It does. It sound- and to be yeah. fair, this seems like what would have come out of that idea. Yeah, it, yeah it's not far off. Um, you know, and so they agreed to do it, and then they they hate it. Like they hated that they that they had to do it. They hated the fact that every that for some well, not for some reason. I think we know why. They promoted the hell out of Gene Simmons. So like all mm-hmm. the print ads and everything, he was looming huge. And then there were the other band members, and they all kind of got bent out of shape about. We've that. also got a cat. Yeah. <laughs> This is our cat man. <laughs> um, but he, uh, so like everybody was unhappy. They were ha- unhappy with how it turned out. Nobody really liked it when it came out because f- real fans of Kiss at the time didn't think of them as goofy. Mm-hmm. If you look back, they're goofy. Well, like, especially in the Beth scene. Just seeing that well, no, cat no, no, man's no. face. I mean, Kiss no. in general. Well, it's, I'm, yeah, but I'm saying like. That's a mo- one of those moments for me of like you're singing a slow, oh love song right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You have whiskers painted on your face, yeah. man. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, <laughs> and so they and Kiss, they will market anything. Like mm-hmm. they will, mar- they will put their names on fucking toilet paper. If they, they have think coffins. That, yeah, they have Kiss coffins. The, like in research for this movie, I g- was uh, looking up Ace Freely, and the n- newest news about Ace Freely, if anyone's out there is interested, is you can pay <laughs> to have him be the best man at your wedding. How no, much? I'm not. I did not click through. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to guess. I, I would renew Ooh. my vows. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at you. Hold the thing. I'm, <clears throat> you can. <clears throat> I know. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, you can. <laughs> we you haven't can talked about the. <laughs> <laughs> you can count on an excellent best man speech from him. Oh, my God. I, so <laughs> before we get to. Eh, let me just wrap up this whole thing about like. So they want it buried like they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to acknowledge that it even exists. Really, nobody was happy with it. And I think that showcases a bit of taste in Kiss that they were able to look at this and go, oh, no, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not what we wanted to do. So I'll give them that like this. But because it was a made for TV movie, you talk about those hard cuts so it's like just a hard cut to this and hard cut to that. I'm not sure where advertisements went sure. in that all of sense. this. And so it's hard to say because there is another one that right before the daytime pool scene that like the demon has attacked and everybody's like, oh, my God. And then they just cut to three cops standing in front of the mansion. Yeah. Making yeah. fun of each other. Like and we're that- supposed to assume that like, OK, so they're, I guess, mad about what happened last night. Yeah. Which I guess, yeah, if there was a commercial in between, it would have. Made more sense. And that's it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what this was originally supposed to look like with commercials and everything. It doesn't make it good. (laughs) I'm not saying that, but it does, you know, I'm not, I'm trying not, I'm trying to find places where I can not pick on it so much. (laughs) I guess that's one of them. I'm like, I don't know. There's plenty of other things to pick on. It's true. Mm -hmm. But uh, shall we talk about eh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack in that specific eh as well. We will. First, should we explain the scene? I, I mean, guess we should explain how this wraps up real I've quick. I've got a sound clip prepared. Okay, so let's 
Hold on to the sound clip. I really right. want you to explain this scene to me. Okay, I'm going to try to explain what happened. So, Evil Kiss, Robot Kiss. Which we have not discussed no, really yet. No, at all. We did a little bit. We mentioned Evil Gene Simmons, but then, yes, uh, Devereaux also creates an entire yeah, replica he makes band. A whole band of Robot Kiss, and they take the stage, and the whole idea is that they're going to play terrible music. And is that the idea? I yes. think so. Because it sounded like a normal Kiss song This to is me. the problem. Like, it's not that that much different no the the song is rip 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 and destroy and then everybody in the audience is like ah we hate it but we're gonna rip and destroy so that's not a kiss song not that i'm aware of okay i, I was asking her matt earlier i don't know why you would know this <laughs> yeah <laughs> you guys like, getting the wrong man yeah if, if it was a made for the movie song it's riotous hotter than hell with different lyrics oh okay interesting is it Okay. Which means nothing to me because I don't know what hotter than hell I, sounds I, like. <laughs> I'm guessing hot, hot, hotter than, than hell. <laughs> That's probably it, actually. <laughs> but to answer the original question, yes, they Devereaux made Kiss Robots to perform badly for the crowd so the crowd would riot and destroy the park. Right. Yeah. And Kiss is sort of out of the picture because they're behind an electric jail cell. Devereaux stole their talismans. Yes. But left them right in front of them. And apparently they don't need them anyways mm-hmm. because they still had powers. They had the force. Yeah. They, they used, used the, the force, force to pick up the box. Definitely no fishing line strings visible in this hey, movie. Look, um, we weren't supposed to watch this in HD when it came out. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, the box floats over to them through their laser gate thing. Yeah, and... so the crux of this movie is <laughs> you didn't need your talismans to get your talismans back that you needed. The talisman was inside of you all along. Well, Indeed. I thought... I got the impression that they had powers, but they had to recharge the powers. Because <laughs> they, wow. at, at one point, they're like, oh, the demon needs to feed. And they like they introduce the talismans, which give like the red glow, and they close it. That's me looking probably too much into this movie, but that was my impression. Okay. So that's him feeding, is they're like, here, get close to your thing. Yeah. All right. Wow. I, maybe. I've, yeah, I mean, they, to be fair, any theory could be true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, it's fine. But they get their talismans back. Yes. They they break out of space jail, <laughs> that thing is, and then go to face Evil Kiss on stage in some of the worst choreographed stunt work they also fly in. Yeah, yes. they do. I don't know from where. Well, they're all charged up. Yeah. <laughs> but like, they're in. Thank you. The stage is very close to where they were just imprisoned. So the um, you're not just going to hey, walk in. You've been to places with large crowds before, Matthew. You know how hard it is to get through a big <laughs> mob of if people. If I could fly, I would. Yes. Right. Also, it looks super badass Yeah. <laughs> to well. fly in. Yeah, and tackle uh, yourself. Yeah, and then uh, I found it just fascinating to watch this because I love stunt work, and you can just, I realized this this moment was like, oh, they got face paint. That makes stunt work so much easier. Yeah. Like, you could- That could be literally anyone. Anyone, and it was. fighting each other. Yeah. Neither one of those people is Gene Simmons. For some reason, I can kind of, you can tell when it's Gene Simmons and, and Paul Stanley, but Peter Chris mm. and Ace Freely are like, I don't know, man. Well, the band yeah. has done the same thing to those characters oh, throughout yes. the years. There are different members in Kiss right now who wear the exact same outfit and makeup. And do you know their names? Uh, Eric Singer is wow, the drummer. I didn't expect an answer. I Sorry. don't know. I don't know <laughs> who the guitar player is. Um, yeah. So it, they replaced Peter Chris with uh, Eric Carr. Eric Carr uh, 
um, died in the late eighties from heart cancer, which I didn't know was a thing. And I'm now add that to my hypochondriac list. Um, and then, uh, was replaced by Eric Singer. And then when the band got back together, uh, Peter Chris and Ace Freely replaced Eric Singer and Bruce Kulik, who was the guitar player on, uh, like their album Revenge and things like that. So, you know, a lot more about Kiss than I thought you did. Dude, yeah. my friend in high school, man, we talked about this. Some shit of that all is recent. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. No. Um, well, their, their last album was like 2012, right? I have no idea. Uh, no. I, I have no idea. I am actually surprised myself how much I've, I've remembered of yeah. all of this. Uh, and then I do remember that like Ace Freely and Peter Chris couldn't get along and they, they went away again. And then Eric Singer came back and that was, and I don't know who the guitar player is. Um, but yeah, they all wear the makeup now and it doesn't matter. Like they could be tour, they could be touring simultaneously with five other bands. This could be a Daft with, Punk situation. They could be touring oh. with other versions right. oh of Kiss. Oh my gosh. Daft Punk is Peter Chris <laughs> and Ace Freely. <laughs> I, I forgot his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it could. Yeah. Yeah. There's there have been bands like that where like they break up and then they both tour as like a version of the same band covering the same songs. And Kiss could do that. Kiss could do that. Um, I mean, I think they do because like Ace Freely wrote co-wrote most of their stuff. So mm. I'm sure he owns part of it. And then, you know, you've got like, yeah, you have so many bands. Queensryche's doing that now because their lead singer got fired. And he's like, fine, I'm going to take the name of our album. That's the name of my band. Okay, well, (laughs) done. Excellent. One way to do it. Yeah. Uh, Julie and I, Matt and I, and I, uh, we've all talked about this. Yeah. This is (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Which is why I think I liked it so much. Yeah, same. I agree. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's live action Scooby-Doo. We'll talk about how I think it could have been made better, but yeah, there's, Oh, check that door gang, you know, and you go in there and well, it's Hanna-Barbera, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So yeah, it was, this movie was made by people who make cartoons Yep. and Uh, it just smacks of cartoon. Important thing that I think I missed at the end, we have the apps. Oh, God, we haven't talked. Sorry, we did, we, we totally yeah. dropped the ball on this. Yeah. So at, they go and they confront Devereaux. Yes. They're all standing around after they go and they have an awesome concert with they play rock and roll and night party every day. This is they, after they've defeated Evil Kiss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in there. And he says, are you ready to hear the real kiss? Yeah. <laughs> and then they play basically the same music. They play um, the exact yeah. same set. Yeah. Uh, they go, they confront Devereaux and they don't show you Devereaux. Um, they're the over back of his head. The, yeah, you're, they're over his shoulder, and it's a wide shot, so you can see all of the other people who are all yelling at him. Mm-hmm. And it's everybody. It's Kiss, and it's, it's the park <laughs> owner, and it's Sam and, and security. Melissa. Yeah. Sam is still under mind control at this point, and Melissa's like, "Give me Sam back." Yeah. basically. Paul Stanley's like, "I got you." Yeah, let me laser his neck. <laughs> he's fine. Yep, he's back. I fixed the fuse that's sticking out of his neck, and <laughs> yeah. now Dev- he's normal. Devro, his back. Why, why do we only see his back, Nick? We see only his back because then there's this thing where the the park owner says he can't hear you. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot that he said that. <laughs> he said he can't hear you. And then he turns him around. And it's an old man, Devereaux. Very, he? very old man. Very he's, old. He's got white, long hair now. He barely looks like Devereaux. It's him. It's all, the actor. They're all looking at him 
like it's clearly the man they've been interacting yeah. with for the past hour and a half. Yeah. And I can't tell if it's supposed to be a robot version of him or if he just suddenly aged 30 years. My interpretation was that he made a robot version of himself and escaped <gasps> because the next oh. shot after they turn him around and his quote unquote dead body uh, is facing the camera. His blinking dead body. It does blink. Uh, which is great. I thought he was just catatonic. Well, but the next shot is the same shot from earlier of him walking under the roller coaster. In slow motion, though. Right. But why is that shot there? No, if not, it's him getting away. So your your theory yes. is that this is, we don't have the footage of Anthony Zerby walking away to show that he got away. So we're going to recycle. Yes. My theory is that... It was one of those. It was just a bad call that like, oh, we're going to make this even sadder because now this would look at look at what he was before all of this slow he motion was a fired man under a roller coaster. Yeah. Well, Matt, the American for your dream, theory Matt. to work, though, <laughs> like for your theory to work, uh, Devereaux would have had to have gone somewhere and get a good night's rest because that footage of him walking under the roller coaster is during the day. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm saying that that's why my theory is that they because I it, otherwise he's the hero of the film. He's the protagonist. Like we're telling his story throughout this. Like, I mean, that actually kind of works. But it but, but like, what are we supposed to get guy. out of that moment if it's not? And then the bad guy got away. But see, everybody gives the Russos credit for Thanos being really what Infinity War was about. Maybe these filmmakers were ahead of their time. Do you ever think about that? I'm saying this is very similar to the last shot of Infinity War. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. There it you actually go. kind of is. I think this movie was <laughs> about Devereaux. <laughs> I think it might just be bad. But what is it? I don't think it's clever. But what happened? Why is he old? I think he it, they just rocked too hard. <laughs> <laughs> they rocked him to death. They rocked the youth out of him. You know, he was already fainting earlier. He's old. He doesn't like these, these youth like Chopper and Slime going far back to those guys. And then he couldn't rock and roll all night or party every day. I don't know. Maybe he had the Jack disease. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe. He's actually only 12. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, that's going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I feel, <laughs> the, the, but the whole reason we told this, the ending of the movie, is because when everybody's <laughs> standing around, get your audio file ready. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Somewhat. When, when everybody's standing around looking at... Uh, whether it's dead or alive or just old Devereaux, one of them says he was just misguided. True genius. Yep. Or misdirected. Ah! Ah! He just goes, (laughs) ah! And no one in the room looks at him, reacts in any way, and then the park owner leans in and turns Devereaux's body around to face us. That's what, like, the the weird thing is that nobody reacts. Yeah. Nobody looks at him and goes, yeah, Ace. Nobody, <laughs> and, and nobody looks at him and goes, you what the You said f-? it, man. Nobody looks at him and goes, what the fuck was that? Right. No, nothing. There's no reaction. Well, and not only that, there's like a poignant, I, I say poignant with air quotes <laughs> yeah. around well, it's it. it's trying a line to be about it, like, uh, 
Like he created Kiss to destroy Kiss, and he lost. Yeah, which is that's what's said right after the ah. Yeah, and right before that is the like misguided brilliance thing. So if you just had misguided brilliance, and then he created Kiss to destroy Kiss, and he lost, that's fine. Like that's your version of poetic, but. There's a There's noise a, in the ah, middle of it. It's like at the end of King Kong, if they're like, "'Twas beauty killed the beast," and someone in the background is just like, "Ah!" Like, <laughs> and nobody cared. Yeah, and nobody cared. That's the weird part. That like nobody. I cared a lot. Oh yeah. I paused this movie, you rewound it, and rewatched it. I tweeted it out. <laughs> I rewatched that moment like twelve times because I just my brain couldn't handle that it existed <laughs> in the way it does. Because yes. There's a couple other points in the movie where he makes weird lines or has kind of a weird voice or a noise. But it's sort but, of part of the like goofery that's happening in the moment. Yeah. Like it, it fits thematically. Yeah. yeah. And all I would need is like he makes the noise and Paul Stanley's like, dude, not now. Like, and it would be fine. But no one does anything. It's like he did it and they're like, fuck, that wasn't in the script. Uh, <laughs> just keep going. Just keep going. How would you keep going? They did. They did. They lean in and turn the chair and say, he, he made Kiss to kill Kiss. Okay. Wow. Okay. They did it. They they succeeded. No one broke. I, I do think this movie was, they had some real actors and then Kiss would do their thing and the actors would go, all right, I'm going to say my line now. Yeah. It's NBC. I'm getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> It's my paycheck. Yeah. Uh, I think this is now time for me to start how we would fix this. Uh, uh, my big thing is I feel like I kind of like the idea of I know Kiss now do stuff with Scooby Doo, and uh, and that's cool. And I kind of wanted this to lean more into that and be more goofy, like you were just saying with that line, like "eh, not now, man." You know, mm-hmm. like that. I think I just wanted it to lean into more of the goofiness, like I, that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's. I mean, I, there. Sure, there's. I mean, honestly, the filmmaking is not terrible in terms of like it's it's exposed well. It's shot decently for an NBC movie of the week that was probably made on a shoestring. It's fine. It's there's nothing in it that I'm like, Ugh. um, you know, the, it's just all with the script, really. Like there should have been there just should have been a lot more going on. And man, lean into that goofy comedy if you're gonna do that. Mm. As a, it, the film in trying to take itself too seriously, but mm-hmm. also be a comedy, it's weird, and it and so it can't quite hit that tone. So that's my fix, Matt. Uh, very similar, but like one specific note in that leaning into Scooby-Doo, Hanna-Barbera style, add a laugh track. Oh. Lots of things made in like the 60s, 70s had this, where it was like Scooby-Doo had a laugh track. Like it was a cartoon. Clearly this is canned laughter, recorded later, whatever you want to do. Like you can take this movie and probably put a laugh track in it and it would make it so much better. Well, then it would let you know what it is. Yeah, let people laugh at the, ah! (laughs) Like... I think adding that sort of Scooby Doo, <laughs> imagine them having the ooh, yeah. Every... <laughs> I'm I'm on board with all of that. Like, just I think it would at least let me know what's supposed to be funny. Yeah, a little more. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I think you could, if you leaned into the silliness, then it would also make more sense because if you just lean into the silliness, uh, and all the some of the other characters stay serious Mm -hmm. it might be kind of weird and unbalanced so i think yeah leaning into as much of the cartoonishness as possible and adding in the uh recorded laugh track that's cool yeah Yeah. bill what do you think i don't think this movie had any any protagonist 
<laughs> okay, well, that's a good point. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I forgot about that. And, and maybe that's a big leap. I do agree that if we we're gonna do anything of the existing elements, making it more goofy would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But there's no real scenes where Kiss is separated from one another, unless they're a robot. So I don't know if Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely have any story arcs besides being like the comic duo. So I would just have liked right. to see, and you know, it, it was just a mix of they had generic powers. We don't know what everyone's powers were necessarily uh melissa kind of just hangs on to them and they don't really help her until the end i mean no like the only one who really actually helps her is paul stanley when he burns the thing off the guy's neck yeah Mm -hmm. sounds way more clinical than i (laughs) he zaps it with his laser eyes and it fixes him yeah yeah so just a clear clear protagonist wouldn't be that hard no to rewrite this with the idea, because like you've got so many shots of just the park. Yeah. If you spent that time with her in the park and and him Maybe and learning th- her name in the first 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, would be fun. Yeah. She has to hey, put Sammy, on a name I gotta tag. Work. Yeah, Melissa, I'm going to go to work. Yeah. Done. Perfect. That makes perfect sense. You know, or I, well, I want to add to that thing. Just call her Beth. So at least. Yeah, <laughs> that would work. too. That would have made yeah. way more sense. Well, yeah. I think making her the clear protagonist from the start, because they are the first couple we see in the film, like they're riding a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And the way they're played in the first five minutes of this movie is like they're a throwaway couple that something bad is going to yeah. happen to. Yeah. And then the movie starts after that. But that's no, that's not the case. Yeah, it's not. They're our main characters. <laughs> yeah. OK, Julia, what do you think? Um, I think similar to your comment about it doesn't know whether it's a serious or or a comedic movie. I think it doesn't know how it wants to showcase the music of the band that it's about. Mm-hmm. So uh, the reason I wanted to talk about Cool as Ice uh, <laughs> is that I think that that I think Cool as Ice does a it has one of my favorite treatments of the musician that it's featuring, and that is that it has one kind of long music video for the opening credits and one kind of long music video for the closing credits. No, no. It has a very long <laughs> yes. video. Yes, it, it has quite quite a long music video for the closing credits and then a few stingers here and there. Mm. But besides that, Vanilla Ice does not perform in the film and he's just a character. And then you have like all the way on the other side, you have movies that are like, well, this is a two hour long music video showing your whole album. Right. And like, Either one of those would have been fine, but this movie rode a middle line and it like created this very bizarre, uncomfortable (laughs) pool scene and gave a lot of the same concert footage over and over. And that was not necessary. And like, I think I would have just chosen one direction or the other. Probably the coolest ice version. Uh, no, I I think that's great. It's a similar tonal thing to all of our suggestions, like pick a. Yeah. Pick a direction. Just pick yeah. one. Also, yeah. you just said One Direction. It made me want to see a version of this with One Direction. Uh, that sounds kiss. great. <laughs> with Zane or without Zane? He could be Devereaux. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Like this happened, NBC. <laughs> <laughs> NBC, call us. Yeah. It's going to cost a lot more than this one. Dude. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that is true. Um, excellent. Okay. I would watch any version of these. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, before we uh, get to our last segment, we have to rate this thing. Um, I rate all of these things based on categories like Storm. So category one, eh, it's not too bad. Might even be enjoyable. Category five is bad and could hurt you. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give it a two. I kind of enjoyed this. I had a fun time. It it's bad. It's badly made, but mm-hmm. like I don't know. It's it's cute. 
I, I think it's cute. I also think it's a bit of a time capsule into yeah. that era of like the Star Wars holiday special, which I think is from everything I've seen is way worse and harder to watch. Yes. Than... <laughs> Matt was very worried about what direction. Yeah. Gonna yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. I was really afraid of like, whoa, from my point of view is so good. And I'm like, no. Ah! No, 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 no. Everything I've seen from the holiday special is just God awful. Um, I think that's saying something too, because like we've watched a lot of bad things for yeah. this podcast. And if, I'm assuming Christmas time one year that will be on this podcast. It's so hard to sit through. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It's just a oh. <sighs> and I've only watched segments. I can't imagine watching the whole thing from start to finish. But so yeah, I mean it's it's it, my biggest problem is like it's a category two because it's it's got so much not happening for a lot of it. It yeah. doesn't have a clear protagonist. I don't really know why they're centering on kiss for this movie, like for this story. So, you know, I, it's, it's got problems, but at the same time, like I, I readily admit, I would rather watch this than attack of the clones. I would much rather watch this. This is, this is way more fun. That's to your me. secondary rating system. Yeah. <laughs> My secondary, the one we're in development on is uh, as what star Wars movie is this? And it's uh, probably Revenge of the Sith, I guess, then, because okay. I would rather watch Revenge of the Sith than Attack of the Clones. But Revenge of the Sith is still terrible. So, uh, yeah. Matt, what's your rating? Uh, I have my possessed mushroom puppet scale of enjoyment. This gets a uh, eh, begrudging two out of five. <laughs> I wanted to give it a one just because I was like pretty bored and didn't want to ever watch it again yeah. afterwards. But... We've watched some very bad things that I've given ones to, and it's not on par with those. So it gets a two possessed mushroom puppets. Also, you got a little t small obsession out of it. I did. It's never going to go away. <laughs> I want to like meet Ace Freely at a Comic Con something or one day and be like, explain the ah to me. Apparently, he had a new album a couple years ago where he was doing this. I, Wait, well, when, you know for the promos. Was, for the know, promos, he would oh. just show up and he'd be like, eh. And then <laughs> hey, y'all remember that movie that no one can watch from 50 years ago? No? I'll try it. I'll <laughs> a 40. It, okay. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> Bill, what's your rating? Uh, I don't have a normal rating system. But oh I, God, I forgot about yours. I'm so fascinated. Uh, I do have a wife who I love very much who I watch all these movies with. And she gives a certain look when things happen that I then on my little notes put a little check mark down for. And this, I think, is the record of 11. Wow. Stairs. <laughs> and I will say I, I actually really like this movie. I After a rough week, I think this is the perfect cleansing palette, if it were. Just, <laughs> I had a good time with this movie. And I, I did too. Yeah. And yes, it was goofy. And there was, so I, because I ended up watching the American version, uh, we talked about the music earlier mm -hmm. and there was a lot of questions, fair questions by my wife. Like, why aren't they playing kiss music in a kiss movie? <laughs> where is, where is kiss? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a fair, yeah. that's a fair question. Uh, cool. 11, 11. Wow. And did she make it through the whole thing? She made it through the whole thing. And again, like, she is, you know, she's doing other projects a lot of the time because oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to make her watch it. <laughs> and so she also got some beautiful drawings done during this. No, oh, there you yeah. go. While giving you looks. Of yeah. a demon and a cat man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> just, Jenna and Devin, oh. you guys put up with some shit. Yeah, Devin you. chooses to just not though. Yeah, <laughs> she just leaves the room point. when I'm watching these things. Uh, Julia, this is going to be your first rating on Real Bad. So yeah. tell us about your rating system. Um, okay, so what I came up with is when I think about bad movies, I think about how I react physically when I'm watching them. And so I have a jump for joy scale where mm. at a five, which is the best, this is where I like want to get out of my seat. I'm like yelling at the screen. I'm laughing <laughs> with it. It's like... I'm celebrating that this movie exists. And so on that end of the spectrum would be like a Jupiter Ascending or a hard ticket to Hawaii. It's just like those oh, are the top of my to Hawaii. Those are the top of my pyramid. That's um, some shit right there. And <laughs> then on the other end of the spectrum, with a one or even worst case scenario, a zero is where I'm sort of like curled up hmm. and I'm not enjoying it. And I'm like probably looking at my phone or something doing something else. So I'm just like not engaging and I it, at some points might even make me uncomfortable. So this movie, um, I was like, it was a three. I was on the edge of my seat celebrating with it. And I was like <laughs> laughing out loud. And I did have a lot of wine when I, <laughs> when I watched this movie. Before um, or during? During. Okay. B- before and during, actually. Um, it, was a, it was a day. Um, but yeah, I, I give it a three because I was like having a good time. I probably I would recommend it to other people that like bad movies and uh, it might make a, fe- a fecal film fest lineup at some point. Like it's the right fit for that wow. event. Um, but I don't need to watch it again anytime soon. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do want a side note real quick here. Fecal Fest gave me possibly one of the greatest gifts of any movie. And when I say gift, gift, not gifts. Okay. Gift, <laughs> which was Bruce Lee in hell. Uh, yes. The dragon lives again. The dragon lives again. I yep. could, it, it has like several different titles. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of the most bonkers things I have ever seen. It's amazing. It's a circus in a, in a karate movie. And, it's, and it builds. Yeah. Like it gets more ridiculous as it goes on. And so I wanted to thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. For giving me that. <laughs> it's on Amazon prime. Yeah. Uh, and it is what, Holy shit, that movie. <laughs> it's awesome. Is lunacy. Popeye's in it. Yeah. What? Well, uh, slow down. <laughs> no, watch a trailer. It's so good. <laughs> like Robin Williams playing Popeye? No. Or the cartoon character? No, it's a, it's a Chinese film, I think. Yeah. I think that does so. not answer the question of how Popeye is in the movie. The character is in the afterlife. And meets up with a bunch of other iconic characters in the afterlife, including people like Popeye and <laughs> Dracula, Dracula, um, known sinners, <laughs> Dracula and Popeye. It's, I mean, wow. let I me mean, tell you, it's so awesome. We need to have it on this podcast yeah. just because other people need to experience that movie. Yeah. Like it's holy shit yeah and i've watched it again and it is it does not disappoint in the second viewing so thank you fecal fest (laughs) and julia mays for that you're Um, so welcome finally what we need to do is talk about uh what we would recommend in place of or in addition to this movie in a segment we call real good um i am going to start and uh, this is tough but i would say actually if you if you liked this if you if you got kind of a kick out of this 
I would say go and track down any of the uh, old 1970s, 1980s Scooby-Doo team ups Mm -hmm. uh, where they would like meet the Harlem Globetrotters or Batman and Robin, um, things like that. And and Sonny and Cher, (laughs) Like, (laughs) like weird, weird stuff. But like, it's really fun and cute. Um, so if you kind of found this fun and cute, I would say go check those out because I think they're more fun and more cute. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so any of those old 1970s and 80s Scooby-Doo's. Matt, what's your real good? Uh, my real good is a film that also features a lot of music. It features special powers and it features somebody fighting an, another version of themselves. And it's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. So an actual good movie. Good yeah, job. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, don't re- I don't often recommend actual good movies. I don't usually this. say, no, this movie's bad, yeah. but. <laughs> it's usually this movie could also be on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Go watch it. It's Sweet. Fun. Yeah, awesome. Bill? Uh, another movie I have that has a lot of music and almost supernatural like powers. And I'm glad you used, Julia, you used the word uncomfortable earlier. Uh, I'm going to recommend Purple Rain. Oh, oh yeah that has a couple very uncomfortable scenes yeah but is another movie that i think handles its star musician much better obviously than kiss versus oh the Park. well i mean <laughs> purple rain's a goddamn classic yeah like yeah. Um, it has its problems oh yeah plenty of yeah but yeah yeah um a quick poll everyone before we finish this up do you consider purple rain a musical Mm. that's the question when the mo- music is like kind of eidetic and in the movie and they yeah. don't break out in a song that's yeah. a good question I never know how to answer that yeah because he doesn't just like sing to her like, he isn't singing like, his feelings or thoughts right except right yeah. I'm just curious because like it, on IMDB it's listed as a musical and so that got me thinking and then I got to this like oh my god is is Kiss meets the Phantom of the, the Park I have the very strict belief that a musical has to be like the protagonists or characters in the movie are singing songs that drive the plot. Right. Oh, okay. Like they're not performers performing yeah. on a stage. Like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World features a lot of the main characters performing songs, but I don't I also would not categorize it as a musical. But see, it's weird because there's stuff in Purple Rain, but this is a sidetrack, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it, there's stuff <laughs> is in Is this in the episode? Probably. All right. <laughs> uh, there's stuff in Purple Rain that he's singing on stage that is driving the plot. If someone said, "Oh, let's go watch the musical Purple Rain." <laughs> first of all, I'd say, "Why don't you just say movie?" But second of all, I would go, "Okay, that's fine." I mean, uh, yeah, I guess part that's of me would fine. also go, "Did they do like a stage play version?" Because I'd yes. watch that, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Anyway, sorry to d- detract the. <laughs> anyway, Julia, what is your real good for today? Um, I couldn't really decide. I was trying to go in a lot of different directions, but I'm gonna land on a Hanna Barbera adjacent, uh, <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. Mm. It has been recommended before. Oh, by me. yeah. Okay, which I don't think that's an actually good movie, but mm. at least. A has Parker Posey in it. So. That's I think you can say that about that's what I said about uh Superman Returns. Okay. It's not a good movie, but at least it has Parker Posey in it. Yeah. It also I has mean, Alan Cumming in it. Yeah. There's and my mom loves that movie, so it's like nostalgic for me. Um but yeah. It's like a caper movie that features a band. Excellent. Actually, yeah, that's a really good analog <laughs> to this. It's like, yeah, caper Oh, movie. and it's the, the I think what Josie and the Pussycat succeeds at that like 
Kiss doesn't have is the self-awareness yes, and the campiness. Absolutely. Like they lean into it so hard at yeah. every chance they have right. yeah. to be like, no, we know this is ridiculous. Yeah. Which like, I think it's like, yeah, that's the acceptable version of what Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park tries to be. Sorry, I just thought of something I really need to bring up. What is the title? The title is Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park or or Attack of the Phantoms. Kiss in Attack of the Phantoms. I guess I should clarify, who are the Phantoms? I I it's Devereaux. It's like the Phantom of the Opera. Oh. All right. <laughs> it's like the guy who has been scorned by the people who are in charge of the thing. Yes. So he's the Phantom of the Opera, the Phantom of the Park. I was with Julia on this. I was like, I don't know, some crappy title. I was expecting title. ghosts. It took me like halfway through the film to be like, where are the Phantoms? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, he's, I think it was like in the moment when he's got his like spinny desk controlling things. I was like, I guess that's kind of like an organ. And okay. so <laughs> has anyone here seen uh, the Phantom of the Paradise? No. no, I haven't either. And I'm wondering seen the Phantom of the Multiplex, which was a made for TV Disney movie. <laughs> is it like that? <laughs> I don't <good>. know. <laughs> I also have not seen uh, the Phantom of the Paradise, but it's a, it's sort of a famous ish B movie, B horror movie. And I don't know much about it, but it came I think it came out before this. And I was wondering if they were drawing on that maybe more. I don't huh. know. I have no idea. This know. this questioning is going nowhere. So, um, yeah, I was with you. I was like, where are the phantoms? Yeah, <laughs> but then, Matt strikes again. Good job. <laughs> and on that note, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Real Bad and our first episode in our Halloween spooktacular. Um, next week, we're finishing up uh, the Evil Dead franchise, and I'm looking forward to to that but every movie this month is going to be some sort of spooky halloween or gross thing it's the best time of the year yeah i agree this is my favorite time of year from from october 1st to january 1st i love that whole thing i love fall (laughs) i love the first snow and then after that it's goddamn miserable <laughs> for 6 months specifically in Montana in Montana <laughs> but but just even just like there's a stupid holidays like Valentine's Day what the fuck <laughs> before that you get all the festive stuff with cool decorations we got to watch Valentine's Day on this podcast oh we probably now. do yeah uh, but uh, Matt, tell us about your podcast and where people can find you. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Matthew Gatos. You can find my podcast, I Love It, uh, exclamation point, wherever podcasts are. Are sold. Yeah. <laughs> it's on sale right now for free. Yeah. That's the best price. Yeah. Um, Bill, and you work for SciShow, yes? I'm a video maker for SciShow and SciShow Kids, and I don't really have any social media standings right You're now. living your life right. <laughs> it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the way to do it, man. <laughs> it's stressful enough. Yeah. Um, and Julia? Uh, yes, I work for VidCon, so I am sort of behind the scenes on all things uh online video and social media so also good for you yeah i don't have a podcast <laughs> what not what yet are you doing here <laughs> what with all your free time yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh 
All right. Well, uh, you can, of course, follow us at Real Bad Pod on Twitter to keep up with everything that we're going to be doing. Uh, you can also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Real Bad Pod, um, and check out the different tiers. If you'd like to suggest movies to us, you can do that. Or if you'd just like to vote on what movies that we are going to do in the future, uh, you can also do that there. Thank you to our patrons, Carly B. And I love it podcast. So... Real Bad is a part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go over to cageclub.me to check out more of our other podcasts like Winona Forever if you want to just listen to somebody just enjoy Winona Ryder. It's worth it. It's really, really worth it. And then I've been on a couple episodes of both Cinemakers and uh, Watch the Theron um, where we talked about a very fascinatingly weird, almost bad movie called Gringo. So that's going to be out pretty soon. Uh, As I said, next week we're finishing up Evil Dead and until then this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.